1: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om. Reading from the Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 9. Prahlad pacifies the Lord with prayers. We're on Text 39. Naitan Manas. <laughs> Katasu Vikuntanata Sampriate Durita Dushtam Asatu Tevram Kamaturam Harsha Shoka Payaishanartam Tasmin Katang Tava Katin Timbrushami Deena. So as with all these prayers, this is in the same meter as the Brahma Samhita. (laughs) Naetamanastavakata Suvikuntanata Some pre ate do the dosha satu tee drum. Kama to rung Tasmin get Tasmin katang taba getting Vimbrashami Naitan manas taba katasu vikuntanata Naitan So, in that line, in order to make the meter fit, um, you should hold it a little bit at, at the end of kamaturam and then the O of shoka. Otherwise, it becomes kamaturam you, harshashoka. You feel like there's not enough syllables there. So the O is actually always a long vowel and whenever you have two consonants in a row like the M of Kamathuram and Harsha, H, that also counts as a long syllable. So that helps with the meter. Kamathuram Harsha Shukha Paya Tasmin katang Tazmin Kata Ng Tabaka Please chant. Na, certainly not. Etat, this. Manaha, mind. Tava, your. Katasu, in transcendental topics. Vikunta, nata. O Lord of Vaikunta, where there is no anxiety. Sampriyate, is pacified or interested in. Dudita, by sinful activities. Dushtam, polluted. Asatu, dishonest. Tivram, very difficult to control. Kamaturam, always full of different desires and lusty propensities. Sometimes by jubilation, and sometimes by distress. Paya and sometimes by fear. and by desiring. artham, distressed. Tasmin, in that mental status. Katam, how? Tava, your. Gatim, transcendental activities. Vimrishami, I shall consider and try to understand. Dinaha, who am most fallen and poor. Translation by His Divine Grace, Asi Bhaktivedat, Swami Maharaj. Shulaprabhupada Kija. My dear Lord of the Vaikuntha planets, where there is no anxiety. My mind is extremely sinful and lusty, being sometimes so-called happy and sometimes so-called distress. My mind is full of lamentation and fear, and it always seeks more and more money, thus it has become most polluted and is never satisfied in topics concerning you. I am therefore most fallen and poor. In such a status of life, how shall I be able to discuss your activities?" Would you like to repeat? My dear Lord of the Vikuntha planets, where there is no anxiety, my mind is extremely sinful and lusty, being sometimes so-called happy and sometimes so-called distressed. My mind is full of lamentation and fear, and it always seeks more and more money. Thus it has become most polluted, and is never satisfied in topics concerning you. I am therefore most fallen and poor. In such a status of life, how shall I be able to discuss your activities?" Here Prahlad Maharaj represents himself as a common man although he actually has nothing to do with this material world. Prahlad is always situated in the Vaikuntha planets of the spiritual world, but on behalf of the fallen souls, he asks how, when his mind is always disturbed by material things, he can discuss the transcendental position of the Lord. The mind becomes sinful because we are always engaged in sinful activities. Anything not connected with Krishna consciousness should be understood to be sinful. Indeed, Krishna demands in Bhagavad Gita 1866, Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reaction. Do not fear. As soon as one surrenders unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, Krishna immediately relieves one of the reactions of sinful activities. Therefore, one who is not surrendered to the lotus feet of the Lord should be understood to be sinful, foolish, degraded among men, and bereft of all real knowledge because of atheistic propensities. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 7.15. Therefore, especially in this age of Kali, the mind must be cleansed. And this is possible only by the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Jeto darpana marjanam. In this age, the process of chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the only method by which to cleanse the sinful mind. When the mind is completely cleansed of all sinful reactions, one can then understand his duty in the human form of life. The Krishna consciousness movement is meant to educate sinful men, so that they may become pious simply by chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hare 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 To cleanse the heart so that one may become sober and wise in this age of Kali. There is no value to any method other than the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahantra. Prahlad Maharaj has confirmed this process in previous verses. Dvadvirya gayana mahamrata magna Prahlad further confirms that if one's mind is always absorbed in thought of Krishna that very qualification will purify one, and keep one purified always. To understand the Lord and his activities, one must free his mind from all contamination of the material world. And this one can achieve by simply chanting the Lord's holy name. Thus one becomes free from all material bondage. O timiran Tasya janesh lakaya, Chakshurun me yena, does SHRI shi good away, Namaha. Shi yena, putale, so rupa, kadama, young dadatis, for padanticum. Vunday hung shri guro, shri shri gurun, vishnavangsh. Shri Rupam SAGRAJATAM tongs, hagana, kuna, tan, vithang Sādvaithaṁ sāvathūtaṁ parijana sahitaṁ krishna-cetanya-devaṁ shri radha krishna Padan saha-ganā-lalatā shri sri vishadham hey He krishna-karunā-santho dīna-vandho Gopika goopesa-gupika-kāntra kantra namo-stute tap ta te sute devi hari priye vancha kalpat rupya shcha kripa sithupiye vich patitalan pavani krishna chetanya prabhu nityananda shri advaitigra dhara shri Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare Nathan Manas Tavakatas Vakuntanatas and Priyatatur de Dushmasat Tivram Kama Tarang Harshashuk, Payashanatam, Pazmin Katang, Tavakatang Vimrishami Dinaher My dear Lord of the Vakunta like Planets, where there is no anxiety. My mind is extremely sinful and lusty, being sometimes so-called happy and sometimes so-called distressed. My mind is full of lamentation and fear and it always seeks more and more money. Thus it has become most polluted and is never satisfied at topics concerning you. I am therefore most fallen and poor. In such a status of life, how shall I be able to discuss your activities? Hare Krishna. I feel like Prahlad Maharaj is speaking for me here so if you'll all okay no I'm more fallen no I'm more fallen so um, I will require your blessings to proceed thank you very much Hare Krishna so um, Maharaj is, as Prabhupada points out and also Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur points out in his purport he's not actually subject to what he's describing here, but as Vishwanath Chakvarit Thakur puts it, uh, being moved by the waves of prema, he experiences this conception. And he's speaking for all of us conditioned souls who are affected in this way. Shrila Prabhupada points out that the mind becomes sinful because we're always engaged in sinful activities. And he defines sin, which is not the, the dictionary definition you would find generally for sin. Um, because it's not a Judeo-Christian understanding of sin, per se. It doesn't really have to do just with um, niti, day-to-day morality. It doesn't have to do with uh, varnasham dharma, properly executing your duties. In the ultimate sense, sin really means any activity that's performed in uh, a mood of being turned away from God, outside of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada says anything not connected with Krishna consciousness should be understood to be sinful. It's just a matter of degrees. So, in the ultimate sense, sin is whatever takes us away from Krishna, whatever takes us away from His service. That's the definition of sin. And the the real definition of piety is actually whatever supports our service to Krishna, what is directly service to Krishna, what increases our taste for service, like that. And this is also confirmed in the Shastra. This is a real understanding of sin and piety. And Prahlad Maharaj is talking from that perspective. He's not talking from the perspective of, of worldly morality. He's not saying, I'm a, I'm a sinful person by the standards of morality. He's saying that in the ultimate sense, I don't I really have any taste for you, Krishna. I really should, but I don't. Um, and he, really, as we said, he's, he's speaking for those who have a long ways to go, to come to real taste. Valada Maharaj actually has taste, but in an interesting uh, function of advanced devotional service, the more advanced one becomes, the more, more one realizes that Krishna is actually extremely tasty, and there's much more to realize about him, and therefore, by contrast, one feels oneself actually bereft of any taste at all. Think so. Krishna is the reservoir of all rasa, and if I'm tasting anything, it's just a little, little tiny bit, just by the mercy of the devotees, I'm actually completely unfit for anything, I have no taste, and therefore I'm very sinful. But we're not going to deal with that level today, because that's not relevant for most practicing devotees at the time that they're reading the Bhagavatam and they're hearing this class generally. Most of us are actually dealing with uh, legitimate lack of attraction for Krishna-katha, And I'm going to speak a little bit about this point of rati, attraction. Attraction for hearing. Because this is really important. This is a very uh, prime part of our philosophy. And it's something we can do about, do something about, and we're asked to do something about, right now in our practice. So, in the Chittan Charitamprata, I'm reading right now the Antilila, Chapter 5, And it begins with a a brahmana who is pious and also has the association of Lord Chaitanya by the name of Pradumna Mishra. And Pradumna Mishra, he he comes to Mahaprabhu and he falls at his feet in great humility and says, actually, I'm just a fallen grihasta, these are his words, I have no good fortune at all, I'm a really, really low, low low-born person, and there's just one thing I want from you, my lord, you please give me some Krishna kata, I want to hear about Krishna. I want to hear about Krishna, I want to hear about Krishna from you, he says to Lord Chaitanya. And Mahaprabhu says, actually, I don't really know anything about Krishna, (laughs) I don't know anything about Krishna at all. Whatever I know about Krishna, I know from Ramananda Roy, you should talk to him, because whatever I know about Krishna, I hear from him. But I'll tell you one thing that I know. He says, you are so fortunate, my dear Pradubna Mishra, because you want to hear about Krishna. Because you want to hear about Krishna, I understand that he has given you his mercy. And actually anybody who wants to hear about Krishna, I consider very, very fortunate. And he quotes from the, f- the second chapter of Bhagavatam. dharma svanuṣṭhitaḥ pāngsaṁ pungsam sena kataḥ suyaḥ nūdh pādayer ratin, there's that word again, ratin, Shrama eva hi kevalam. That Sūta Goswami says, anybody who engages in their duties in the world, and does them even very perfectly. If by doing that, if by the course of their life, if by their activities, they don't come to this point of developing attraction. Yadi Rating for Krishna Kata. Vishvaksena Kata. Vishva, Vishvaksena is another name for Krishna. Kata. So you had no padi yadi Rating? Shrama. Shrama evahi It's just shrama, just a waste of time. It's just a lot of hard labor. Shrama means fatigue or labor. Shrama eva kevalam. Definitely, certainly, absolutely. They've just wasted their time. They've worked very hard for nothing if they haven't developed taste. And Mahaprabhu quotes that verse to Praduna Mishra. And he says, but you have taste. You want to hear about Krishna? So you are beyond Shrama. You're not unfortunate. You're very fortunate. And this is the central point that I took from this verse, from Prahlad Maharaj. That we're meant to develop a taste. Because it's our right. We're actually entitled to this. We're entitled to it in the sense that we belong to Krishna, and Krishna is all-attractive. And we're actually capable of tasting that. That's what we're made for. We're made for rasa. We're made for relationship. Rasul saha, the Upanishad say, Krishna is himself rasa. He is himself the reservoir of all flavors, all relationships. And the capacity to taste that is expanded through all of his parts and parcels. And we're in the superior energy actually, we're not in the inferior energy, we're not dull matter. We're actually meant for exchange. Dull matter can't exchange relationship. Conscious beings can. You can't have a relationship with a microphone. You can think you're having a relationship with a microphone as much as you can think you're having a relationship with your iPhone or with your Nintendo (laughs) or with your body. You don't have a relationship with your body. Vedanta Sutra says, we don't have any relationship with dull matter. We have only a relationship with the Supreme Conscious and with other conscious living entities. That's what's our, what is our category. Therefore, we're entitled in that sense. Krishna wants this for us. And if we don't have it, we don't have anyone else to blame but ourselves. And Prahlad Maharaj takes that position. It's my own fault. I'm a fallen person. Dina, I'm very fallen. I'm, I am unfortunate. How can I understand and how can I have taste given that that I have this mind the way it is right now. It's always pulling me this way and that way. Next verse in in this, this series of prayers, he talks about this. He says, you know, my Lord, I'm just like a person with many wives, and all these wives have their own agenda, and they all have their own desires. So my tongue wants to eat certain things. My nose wants to smell certain things. I want to touch certain things. I want to taste and see and hear, and my mind is being pulled in an uncontrolled way, in all these directions, have absolutely no control over these senses, and they're just driving me insane. And so therefore, he says, in this way, I'm certainly embarrassed. Prabhupada says in the the, the translation, (laughs) my ear, not attempting to hear about you, is generally attracted to cinema songs. (laughs) Means just the popular, you know, soundtracks and music, things that don't have anything to do with Krishna. Cinema songs. So if you've ever had uh, an old commercial jingle pop up in your brain, you can relate, that what are you doing here? (laughs) I'm practicing Krishna consciousness. I don't want to hear about, you know, uh, I'm not even going to get into commercials because we'll just start thinking about that. People put millions of dollars just to find a way to get an earworm, get an attractive hook that you can think about for the next 65 years. You're on your deathbed and you're thinking about like Clorox bleach or something. And it's, it's embarrassing, actually, Prahlad Maharaj says. So, this tendency to be pushed this way and that way is, is, uh, is really the nature of sin. That's what sin means. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. That's not the point of sin. The point of sin is that it's not that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suffer for this. It's that I already am. I actually already am. Prahlad Maharaj realizes this. Anybody who can't focus on Krishna is already suffering, the worst kind of suffering. They're devoid of absorption in his, in his pastimes. Prabhupada quotes in the purport, which we already heard a class on. It's it's coming up, actually, it's, I think it's a few verses before. In any case, it's in this chapter. And, um, yeah, it's coming up. It's in four verses. Prabhupada Maharaj says, I, I don't actually experience anxiety because I'm always submerged in the glories of your pastimes, which are like an ocean. Mahamata Magna Chittaha. Magna means submerged. My consciousness is submerged. So he's free from what he's talking about in this verse. But anybody who can't be present, who doesn't want to hear about Krishna, is actually already suffering. That's what the real suffering of sin is, is that they're, they're pushed away from Krishna. And it's, it's, very, it's very painful. And when one comes to Krishna consciousness to any degree and begins to realize that I want to be attracted to Krishna. I want to be close to him. He actually is wonderful. There actually is something in these names. This is the beginning of wisdom. You begin to chant Hare Krishna and it becomes, as different devotees have put it, mysteriously attractive. There is something about this vibration, there is something about these names in any bhajan, in any mantra. Actually, in the Bhagavad Gita, those mantras to Bhagavatam, they all have this ineffable quality to them. There's something about them that you chant them, and it's just nice. It's nice in a way that nothing else has ever been nice. And when you sense that, you begin to sense that, you're getting purified. This is the first rays of the sun before it actually appears over the horizon. You're getting a little taste. And then there's this period where you know, actually you know the Shastra is right when it says that this is Krishna. His name and himself are not different. Abhinathvang namanamino, Padma Purana says, nama krishnash the name is actually fully conscious. Chaitanya rasa vigraha, it's conscious, it's full of all rasa, it's the very form of, it, of rasa. Purna shutov, it's full, completely pure. Nitya always liberated, abhinathvang nama it has all the exact qualities of Krishna, because it's exactly the same as Krishna. And then, one will have this realization. Maybe it's not consistent at first, but at at first you have this sense, even one time in your sadhana, no, this is right, the Bhagavatam is right, Prabhupada is right, this is, this actually is Krishna. I'm actually in the right place. And then one starts to really feel like they're fallen. Because you have, on on the one hand, a sense that I, I actually have access to Krishna. He's in my pocket. He's given himself to me in the form of his name. I can take him anywhere. I can chant him all the time at the same time, I kind of don't want to. That's really sad. In a way, that's more sad than not even realizing that he's Krishna. Because then you you have that contrast. And that's what Prahlad Maharaj is bringing us to. Is that for the practicing devotee, there is this process of actually dealing with the level of attraction we have for Krishna Nam, Krishna Kata, which varies. It varies from day to day, it varies from moment to moment. But if we're doing our, our practice properly, it should be increasing over time, in general. Just like when we're climbing a mountain, there are foothills, and so you're gonna go up and you're gonna go down, actually, all the time. There's really no flat space. Flat roads are invented for cars and for you know, carriages, but they're not, they're not found in nature. So you're always gonna be going up and down at every second. But in general, if you're climbing a mountain, you are going up, so you'll see more and more. You'll have thinner and thinner air. You'll have more below you and less above you, over time, even though you're going up and down, that's to be expected. So that's the, that's the goal. We should be climbing. We should be increasing in our Krishna-katha. And this is not my opinion. This is the opinion of our Acharyas. Jiva Goswami says in the Sandarbhas, which actually outline the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, in the most complete way. He gives a formula, which breaks down as KK equals KC. The amount of Krishna-katha and the taste you have for krishna kirtan is an index for your Krishna consciousness. It doesn't necessarily mean that you spend all day chanting, by the way, which is interesting, because one may be engaged in the preaching program. One may actually be sharing Krishna consciousness with others, which means that they have to put the bead back down. Apparently, but in their heart, they're always attracted to Krishna name, and they're always trying to share that, as well as the kata. So although one may not be actually literally chanting all day, one should want to. <laughs> That's the highest stage, is that one really wants to chant all the time. We know it's possible, Srila Paktisiddhanta took a vow to chant one billion names of Krishna. He sat under a leaky hut in Navadviptham, and he did that. And the likes of myself cannot imagine what he experienced, but he did it, and it was not a chore. It was actually performed at a level of real rati. This the soul is capable of. This is the position that we can come to. Of course, he did that so he can come to the stage of really preaching with great fire. So all of us could come and chant Hare Krishna and one day do that same level of bhajan. All glories to him. So we should aim for this and know that it's, it's possible. Um, not that necessarily moment to moment we should be thinking, okay, am I ready to chant a billion names of Krishna right now? But in general, we should have an understanding that I should be increasing in my practice. Over the years, I should see an increase of attraction. I should. Despite the foothills of the up and downs of the mind in my day-to-day sadhana, sometimes I feel really into my japa, sometimes my mind is raging like an out-of-control beast. And sometimes I really want to come to Nanasuno's class and I really want to be there or I really want to be in Bhagavatam class. And When I'm there, I'm like, kind of, uh, as the Bhagavatam puts it, third canto, I'm, um, how does the Sanskrit go? Yeah, leaning in, there's a Sanskrit word for it. Reverse uh, expression. I forget right now. But it basically means to have your shoulder forward. To be leaning in. Like you're actually really interested. And sometimes you have that mood. And sometimes you just don't. Uh, so that's going to change. That's going to vary from day to day. But in general, we want it to increase. That's a sign of success. We should feel more and more convinced. Not because somebody has told us and we'll get in trouble if we don't actually agree. Not because we've just taken vows, not because it's the kind of the right thing to do to fit into a society, but because we know it in our heart that this actually is Krishna's name, it's actually not different from him. This actual kata is is nectar that I i, I meant to experience, I meant to taste. As much as Mahaprabhu tasted, as much as Pradyumna Mishra tasted, just to fast forward on that leela, when he goes to Ramanandara, he he sees Ramananda Rai. actually he hears that he's busy, so he asks Ramananda Raya's servant, well what's he doing? And the servant says, well actually he's serving the, the dancing girls of Jagannath, very young, very attractive girls. And he's doing that right now, later he'll come and, and see you. So Praduna Mishra was like, wait, wait a minute, dancing girls? Attractive dancing What? He goes back to Mahaprabhu, confused. And Mahaprabhu says, did you talk to him? He says, no, I just had a kind of a doubt uh, about Ramananda Raya. And then Mahabrabhu lets him know. He's actually completely beyond the material platform. Just trust me on this. Go and talk to him. He's doing the service of Jagannath with zero attraction to material body. Even I can't do that. He says about himself. When Pradyumna Mishra goes, he submits himself to Ramarai, and they spend the entire night just hearing Krishna Katha. Pradyumna Mishra is his eyes are wide open, his ears are wide open. There's not a hint of sleepiness. He's drinking in the nectar from Ramarai, and at the end of the night. He gets up and dancing and dancing down the path. He thanks Ramanad Roy for giving him this treasure, because he actually has taste. And we should come to the point of being convinced, I can have that. I can have that by degrees. This uh, last section of Brahma-Sunghita, Pramanayas tatsaracharais tarabhyasera nirantaram Bodhayanatmanatmanam bhaktim apyuttamam labhed, uttama bhakti, the highest bhakti, this bhakti of Pridunamishra, this bhakti of Roy, this bhakti of Mahaprabhu is attainable, says Brahma, by gradual degrees through the process of theistic conduct, scriptural, pra- scriptural uh, evidence and, and, and practice, perseverance and practice. So I wanted to open it up for the next 15 minutes to talk about what our realizations are on what we can do, what we have done, what we've seen others do, to increase our taste and what does the opposite. Because this is a real um, battleground for us. This is very relevant for us. We want to always. We'll t- start with tush, We want to always be moving forward in our taste. We want to be winning more battles than we're losing.
0: Like wow, Krishna! Like who jumps off an eighty-eight foot mountain, running away from a fire, or who dances on a serpent in a river, tucks his shorts up and goes swimming, does an or splashes the water. When we hear of someone in the material world influenced by the three months of nature doing it, it's fascinating. Mm. You know, we can't stop like hearing about them or staying on top of their accomplishments. And so how. Yeah, Do you know
1: I don't know exactly, but it is from that section. Yeah. yeah,
0: so just at least in that moment, so if, if we just give ourselves, if we schedule a day with the moments, right. we're in that mode of the top, then we're in the of the Thank you.
1: So, Thiristha Krishnaburu was, was saying that um, in the fourth canto, the Prachetas received this instruction that for those who are hearing bhagatam at least while they're hearing bhagatam they'll they'll there's a benediction really the verse says that they'll be free from anxiety free from the troubles of the material world and in other words we should be getting that taste regularly that moments here and there of that because uh krishna is full of all opulences and everybody's empowered by him in some way but if we're not tasting the Krishna Kata, we're not hearing about how he jumps off of a cliff and he fights this gigantic horse demon whose mane is like scratching the clouds and he's doing this and doing that and he's incredibly beautiful and incredibly smart, totally renounced, then you're going to be attracted to the, you know, like false yogi who's like got a little bit of renunciation or this person who's got a little bit of beauty or whatever kind of opulence someone is showing off in this world, which they got from Krishna, under the modes of nature. You can't really, sit, you can't really stand still in your relationship with the, with the opulences. You either have to try and take them for yourself, or try to follow some other person who has more than you, or ideally you're hearing about Krishna, which protects one, actually. Otherwise one has to glorify and, and worship, action. one actually has to worship other persons under the modes of nature. Worship comes from the old English worthship. Anybody you consider worthy, or anything you consider worthy, you give worship to. It's actually the nature of the soul. We have to worship. So we'll, we're going to worship our <laughs> American idols or whatever uh, if we don't hear about Krishna, because he's he's actually worth it. He's actually worthy. Thank you. Yes. So one, one thing that helps is being in the presence of someone who does have taste, mm-hmm. definitely. It's like, you know, it not exist in my own consciousness or mm-hmm. but just being with someone that is like, it's like
2: almost like, stunning.
1: Yes. It could, be, it could even be stunning just being around somebody who is experiencing something that I, I don't really have a, a concrete sense of. Right? Which is true of anything, actually, you know. uh, When you're around somebody who's dedicated themselves to something, you get to experience part of that just by them. You get a free download, a free taste. You could be around an Olympic swimmer. And just by being around an Olympic swimmer, you get a sense of the kind of discipline it takes to wake up and, you know, do this and that, like, shave your whole body and practice for eight hours a day, swimming. You get a taste for their practice because that's carried in their whole life. So if you're around a pure devotee, they don't even have to say anything. Just by being them, you get get like this little glimmer. So, at least every now and then, when you get that association, the chance for that association, you should jump on it. Powerful. Yeah. So this other point also that um, not just the kind of stopping at the point of thinking, that, yeah, Krishna is really attractive and he's he's there, he's having his pastimes, but they're only with they're with they're with the pure liberated souls, and I don't really have a, a right to that, or I don't belong there. I, I don't. I'm never going to be there. But actually remembering, reminding yourself that no, actually I have a relationship with Krishna. I have a unique one. Um, and it's developing, and it's real, and it's just between him and I. And that is a great impetus. Um, I was thinking while you were saying that, what, what, you know, I was asking myself, so what, what is it that I experience, or what can I do to actually be convinced of that? And I was thinking it's service. It's actually, it, it's, it's a service. It's, it, there has to be this ongoing sense of service, this practical doing of something for Krishna, by which he reveals himself. And it's true, because he, he, he reveals himself in very unique ways to everybody. You can do the same service as someone else, apparently, but he'll reveal himself in a very unique way to you. And I, th- I think it's pretty universal that devotees have this growing uh, realization of that fact because of the service to the name, because of the service to the sankirtan movement. There could be deity service, there could be service to the, the devotees, service to aspiring devotees, there could be prashad distribution, whatever it is. Uh, by committing to that more and more, um, the relationship actually begins to kind of flesh out. It becomes more substantial. At least that's my kind of experience, and I think a lot of devotees definitely. Yeah, so that helps. Having, having a strong thread of service so you can realize that Krishna actually wants to have a relationship with you. I, there's two
0: points that.
3: Yeah. the forgetfulness that I suffer anything, and and doing these so-called pleasurable activities,
1: right, I'm becoming more and more forgetful. Right. So just refreshing some points from the talk that sin means whatever takes us away from Krishna. Um, not that necessarily just makes. It's not that sin means I'm a bad person. That's not the definition of sin. Sin is actually anything that takes us away from the service like to Krishna, from our own nature, from, covers that up for for some time, and that. Um, This point that sin doesn't necessarily mean or doesn't just mean that i'm going to suffer in the future that could be there but it it basically means that i'm I'm suffering right now because anything that i think is giving me happiness and even materially is on some level if it's taking me away from remembering krishna is just creating all kinds of problems for myself later that begin right now because as soon as i engage in an activity that involves me getting absorbed in forgetfulness of krishna uh, from the Absolute perspective, that's a real loss. Prahlad Maharaj can say that because he knows what it's like to be completely absorbed in Krishna. I can't really say that, Shami das I can't say that the way he can. But I'm taking it on authority because I can also see that when I'm absorbed in Krishna consciousness, then there's a level of happiness, and a, a kind of happiness that nothing else can compare to. And so to give up that for the other stuff, which involves forgetting about Krishna, is, is, to put it frankly, a really raw deal. That's, that's, the, that's the wages of sin.
3: And then I was thinking, the thing that, in my experience, it kind of takes away my taste, but it's just kind of this contemplation on uh, being happy. Mm. Like the contemplation of, oh, then I'll be happy. Desire that's, that's not actually helpful or beneficial or, or misguided and misprioritized. Right? It's kind of like looking ahead That I've noticed that kind of the take away my taste from my son because I'm thinking of something else. Yes. And then um, something that brings me closer I was thinking... I'll was just like, reiterate that one point yeah, real quick.
1: So, uh, another Raipur was pointing out that one thing that he notices that decreases his taste is to meditate on, to think on, the possibility of being happy in the future. Uh, this is a function of the mode of passion, the idea that I can, I can actually be happy if I do this thing, and to just kind of think of that and be absorbed in that, because it takes away one's ability to be present. To be present is a function of the mode of goodness. So when one, when one is feeling like I can't really be present with the holy name, or my, my seva, my sadhana, the devotees, it's the effects of the lower modes of nature, in general, that's doing that. Generally, it's not because people are so absorbed in sadhva guna that they can't get transcendental. It's generally because they're absorbed in Rajas and Tamas. Hankering and lamentation. So this this hankering thing, this idea of like dangling a carrot in front of the nose, the donkey will follow it forever. The mind is like this little donkey. So as long as we're kind of like in that donkey carrot mode, the taste for Krishna kata can't be very high. Yeah. The
3: thing that um, I experience, my taste for Krishna kata, actually sharing Christian consciousness mm-hmm. and in service. What I mean is that where you kind of, it's that experience, I'm sure others are related, it's that experience where you don't, you're not thinking even about what you're saying or how you're saying, it's just coming out of you very naturally mm-hmm. and very organically and people are being impacted. And you realize like, I'm, I've moved out of the way, my ego's moved out of the way,
1: So i was saying that his taste increases for Krishna Katha when he um, just surrenders to the, the process of sharing Krishna with others selflessly in an organic way and he realizes uh, at that time that Krishna is present and he feels empowered by that. Definitely I, I can agree when I, when I have the privilege of coming and talking to people about Krishna either on this asana or any other space to the degree that I get out of the way then um, it's palpable actually afterwards you know, your taste for hearing and chanting has actually increased. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a very dear service to Krishna. He says in Bhagavad Gita, there's no one dearer than those who try to help others come to me. Uh, which can mean giving a class, or it can mean supporting that that principle in one way or another. And, um, and you're in line with Krishna's desire. So I was thinking also, with your first point, therefore it's so important for us as devotees to be really honest in our reflection that Am I actually, like, maintaining material desires, like the tenth offense is to maintain material desires? It's not, a, it's not an offense against the name to have a material desire, but it's an offense to, like, you know, make a little bed in the corner and, 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 and put together, like, a nice snack and say, okay, here you go, my little comma, my little material desire. You can sit here, camp out, and I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to let you leave. I'm not going to let Krishna take you away from me. We're going to have our own little relationship here on the side while I'm, I'm trying to love Krishna. That's an offense it'll decrease your taste for Krishna because the mind wants what it wants. That's just the way it is. But if we kind of like pamper and protect the material desire and don't let Krishna have permission to take it away, we kind of keep, a little, keep it in a little corner and keep it safe from our sadhana and from prying eyes, the devotees, Guru Maharaj, the GBC, whatever, our own self, then... What can, what can Krishna do? He's just going to wait for you. It's going to take time. And in the meantime, our taste for Krishna katha will decrease. It's unfortunate. But, a yes?
4: Yeah, I also have
1: was pointing out that he notices that when he becomes critical of devotees or when he starts to blame circumstances for his uh, lack of absorption that's when the mind actually embraces that and becomes um, we can say empowered to not be absorbed <laughs> i've noticed that myself too it's actually a wonderful proof that krishna is a person why would my ability to get absorbed in hearing something or reading something have anything to do with how i deal with other people and not just any other people, but especially people who are practicing Krishna consciousness. But it also, it does, it does actually relate to how we deal with non-devotees too, but you can see. No, because Krishna is a person, and he loves his devotees. And he doesn't like us to actually maintain an offensive attitude, and it's not going to be allowed in the spiritual world, so... Um, according to the principle of, like, learning, you know, learning the hard way, <laughs> I can also say that I've, I've, I've realized that to some extent, that when I'm situated in gratitude, uh, especially with a healthy relationship with devotees, and not giving into kind of uh, blaming and uh, victim victim kind of mentality, then it's there's no there's not as much obstacle at all in my hearing and chanting. And to the degree that I actually have a victim mentality, or I'm blaming, or if I'm downright offensive, then it's really hard to get absorbed. And it's a vicious cycle because then when you can't get absorbed, you start blaming other people more. Oh, oh I, can't ch- I can't chant attentively right now, but it's because of the situation. No, it's not. It's because you're absorbed in the situation and you're not just being humble enough. You means me here, <laughs> talking to myself. So at least for myself, I can say that that does happen. It's a really important lesson. Thank you. And I was just thinking
4: that conversely,
1: Also saying that the taste comes more when he actually accepts his own responsibility for his taste and calls out to Krishna that I, I really need this. I need to have taste for you and for, for your practice and um, therefore you didn't use a word but I was saying agency like just embracing our own agency and saying okay like at least I can beg <laughs> at least I can beg for it and I really want it and um, then it becomes alive yes, Mother Nidra? It's 9 1 so we can give you the last word is mm-hmm. This is correct. Mother Nidra points out that, just like in the early days, the more the devotees appreciated Srila Prabhupada and engaged in the services that he assigned, the more their taste would increase. And that's directly confirmed in the same chapter. That says that, I quoted earlier this verse that says that if you do your duties but you don't develop a taste for Krishna, it's, it's all been useless. Later, some, t- some 10 or 12 verses later, we have this verse, shususho <laughs> suttadhanasya It's at the same point, vasudev Vipra That by rendering service to great souls, rendering service to those who are dear to Krishna, one gets a taste for Krishna Kata. And so, uh, one way, really, a, a major way to get out of this trap that Prahlad Maharaj is saying, is that I, I'm actually sinful, it's my own fault, but now I have this sinful mind that can't be present, I can't actually have taste for your Kata, what to do the thing to do is to actually follow the Mahajan, to follow a devotee, and to do what they say. That's surrender, which is both sentimental and practical. It involves the emotions and involves, you know, your sweat, doing something for them. Actually, that directly relates to us getting taste. Krishna gives us taste according to our service attitude um, to Srila Prabhupada, to our Guru Janas, which is really a wonderful thing because it's incredibly practical. We can see it. Those who have a strong service attitude to Srila Prabhupada, and, uh, and to his followers, and to the other Vaishnavas, they actually, um, they actually have visible taste. They may say they don't have taste. <laughs> they may be like Prahlad Maharaj, I don't I never have any taste at all. But you can't fool us. We know you're sitting and chanting for six many, this many hours in a day. We know you're reading the Bhagavatam every year, all the way through. We know you're doing this, you're doing that. By that we can tell you have taste. And it, a lot of it relates to the fact that they're they're sold out to the mission. And um, it's important to embrace that. So just in summary, um, just taking these points, not being offensive to devotees, embracing our agency, calling out for help, um, helping other people come to Krishna consciousness, embracing the mission of the pure devotees and getting the mercy from them, there are so many things we can do and many things that we should avoid doing also to increase our taste for Krishna Katha, which is our major index for success in the long term. And over the next couple of days, I just wanted to encourage everybody, beginning with myself, because I really need it, to, to pray to Prahlad Maharaj and Nrsinghadev to help us to do these positives and avoid these negatives. Because Prahlad Maharaj is deeply interested in having everybody as attracted to Krishna as he is. And Nrsinghadev is deeply interested in giving mercy to anybody who follows his dear Prahlad Maharaj. And, Nrsinghadev, actually, we also heard from Ananda Murari and others that in the Sankatan movement, he's actually rendering service to Mahaprabhu. He's actually interested in destroying, primarily, the obstacles that the devotees of Mahaprabhu experience in their service to Mahaprabhu. So we can reflect, well, what, what are my obstacles? What are the demons in my life that are maybe self-created? You know, what is my bad habit? What is my this, my that? that I need to go to to Nasinghadeva for help for and uh, to Prahlad Maharaj for help about. And we should feel full permission to do that. That's what this is about, this time of year. It's actually not just in in May that we do this. This is just our our yearly reminder that as as aspiring devotees of Lord Chaitanya, we have access to the the incredible power and majesty of Lord Nasinghadeva and his pure devotee, Prahlad Maharaj, to help us get purified. And it, it's actually very sweet. Who wouldn't want a giant lion man incarnation, immortal and powerful, on your side? I mean what is what is what kind of capacity does my bad habit have in the face of that? It's like a joke. But we have to have to actually ask for it. That's the thing. We do actually have to take it helps if you really ask for it. If you just stick around, you get some mercy too, but if you really open up and say, I need I need help with this thing, it it gets a lot faster. You don't have to peel the band-aid off little by little just rip the whole thing off. He just takes it off for you. Done. So, Pahlata Maharaj ki jai, Nrsinghadeva Pugavan ki jai, Srinya Singa Chiturashi ki jai, Vansha Kapatrupasya, Kripasuna Veevaca, Patitanam Pio vishnavid Pyomamu,